Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I don't think any voice will sound better than Tom singing. Um, he is truly that talented. But um, we can all pretend, um, which is what I get to do with you here. I'm Allie Lofton, the oyster lady with Lofton Oysters. And I'm sitting in for Tom and Marianne today while they continue um, their great celebratory weekend, um, celebrating their son Jude's 30th birthday. Again, happy birthday, Jude. I hope you all had a great time. Um, they definitely deserve a break. You know, this, um, I love this show. I've been listening to this show for 13 years and Tom's been on the, on the air for 30. And I just, I think what a vast amount of knowledge and information that I cannot believe he stores up there. But, you know, when you have a connection to food as much as Tom does, I I guess it just sinks in and stays there. Um, but I am grateful for the opportunity to be here today with Queen Bee, head chef, owner, proprietor at Bywater Bakery, Shia Conrad. And we've been having a great conversation for the past hour. I guess poof, <laughs> just like that, an hour gone. But um, we'd love um, for you to call in and chat with us, 260-6368. Where are my guys at? I know my guys are calling in this afternoon. I'm li- I know y'all are listening. I'm waiting for you. Uh, we're waiting for your questions. But in the meantime, Shia and I are going to get back into it. And we were just talking about um, the big vacay she's getting ready to take with her husband, Alton. And um, they're going to go um, back to the same area they visited last year but spend more time in Vietnam. Um, and I had asked her, you know, from a culinary standpoint, while I know she's supposed to be there leisurely and taking time and resting, I can't help to think that I know you're going to be absorbing, um, you know, techniques and styles of food and preparations and stuff. So, so tell me what you look for. Tell me what you try to do to do professional development. <laughs> well, um, every city we go to, I have to do a bakery tour, of course. Yes. So... Um, I will have... How are theirs different? Tell me about that. Um, So it's very French-influenced and a lot more um, amusement. Okay. You know, like things are made to look like bunnies Uh or made to look like teddy bears. Animation. A lot more animation. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, softer. Okay. Softer. So one of the things, though, that I took away from it last year was just not to take ourselves so seriously. You know, oh like not to just life, remember period. to have fun with it yep. and not take ourselves so seriously. Um, and so I really tried this year to put that in, okay. you know, as much as I could. You know? Give me some guidance, though. But I feel like this is important. I want to hear this. Not well, take ourselves so seriously because I'm a very se- I'm super type A. I'm very I'm a very serious person. So I feel like I need to hear some of this advice. Yeah. Like, well, an example of how I implemented it would be the unicorn poop. Yes. Right? Like, you know. <laughs> Which my kids loved. I bought it for my kids it. last week. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, if you if we were a very serious bakery, 
you know, we would never have that out on the floor. Right. But it's unicorn poop. Right. <laughs> you know, have fun with it. Fun you and know, delicious. Things that make people smile. Yep. It's really, it's really important, especially, especially being a bakery. We are there to celebrate milestones and community and have, like all the special moments in people's lives. And right. we're there to make people smile. And so we have to remember to be fun. Okay. First and foremost, yes. fun. Okay, so you do a bakery tour and you eat all everything the good things. All, everything I okay. can possibly eat, yeah. Um, but she's a bakery and they're a delicatessen as well. Mm-hmm. So what kind of food entree type things are you eating that's influencing what you do? Um, I mean, all day long, Alton's taking a picture. I'm taking a picture. He's like, we got to do that at the bakery. We got to do that at the bakery. I right. mean, whether it's like um, these spiral fried potatoes and with like f- like s- different uh, toppings and like all like, you know, street food that we see, they'd be like, that'd be great at the bakery. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even implemented like. 20% of what oh our, our ideas gosh, were last right. time. <laughs> right. Well, because there's the concept, and then there's the execution, right. and everything in between that has to come together to make it a reality. Right. So some of the things have stuck, and we brought some stuff back, and other things we'll try it and play with it and put it out there for a little bit, and we'll see how people respond. And, you know, some things make it, some things don't, and some things we just haven't even gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. So it's not a shortage of ideas that you come away with. I mean, everywhere you look is just inspiration. And, you know, and it takes getting completely out of your your day-to-day grind to really open your eyes and see the inspiration around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do the same thing here in New Orleans or anywhere you go. Right. Um, but I, you have to be able to take a step back just to even open up enough to see it mm-hmm. you know so that's one of the valuable things of taking a so good you chunk of time off eat your way uh-huh. through all day all every day, day all night right yeah um and you try to also relax mm-hmm. while you're stuffing your face a little bit of beach time right playing right. with some elephants you know yeah um all those fun things that you get to do and really just also spending time where I enjoy my husband right you know we um we work together and that's being a mom and pop business we're definitely mom and pop right and you know it's good to have time carved out for us where we're not trying to be business owners and we're just husband and wife Right. Where every conversation isn't about the next business decision. Exactly. That I swear, so on break, Shia and I were talking about this, about how, um, you know, taking breaks, especially in the food industry. And I'm, I mean, I would consider myself, you know, tangentially my, my business in the, in the food industry, but not nose to the grindstone, like a restaurant that's open seven days a week is Mm -hmm. running and that can no matter how gung-ho you are no matter how much you love it no matter how hardcore you are it starts to wear on you and then when you're working that way all day with your significant other (laughs) it's like the business is on your mind I mean you see the money going in you see um or the money going out and the money coming in and it's hard for that not to dominate your conversation all hours of the day. Yeah, even when you get home, you're like, oh, and... Right, because oh, this idea and, came to you. Yeah. Right. Oh, you sit. You try to sit down and eat a meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's talk about this thing that just came to mind. And that's where we are all day long. So that becomes 
the one topic of conversation that dominates everything. Right. So it's good to have some time to experience other things besides the right. bakery. Right, before you have to come back and put your nose to the grindstone. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So in in taking the breaks, um, what do you feel like it gives you when you're coming back? Are you excited to, like, start things? You know, I mean, September is when it really starts to just trickle back in. Yep, it's a trickle right? back in, right? So we're getting things set back up. You know, during the slow time is when we do a lot of recipe development. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, a lot of training, cross-training and training. And, um, you know, we've got a really great team. I'm so proud of the team that we have. And so it's exciting to get everybody back together. Everybody at that point has mm-hmm. really missed each other. So that's that's fun. And then just, you know, putting it all back together, getting us where we were. You know, that takes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a weekend, you're like, okay, what are we going to try? You right. Know? Um, I mean, last September, our big foray out was bagels, right? So right. we had to totally come up with the, you know, develop the recipe, do all the taste tests yep. and stuff. And I had a great team member who went and had a baby, but um, she did all that last summer while we were away, mm-hmm. which was great. She did amazing. Yeah. Like, they're amazing, right? Um so, yeah, it's um, so. Yeah, do you have something in, in the works that you're wanting to experiment with already coming back into the fall? Like, do you have some things that you're thinking about? Nope, I'm hoping I get some inspiration. <laughs> on <gone. laughs> right, that's right. You need to to get the inspiration. That's exactly right. I mean, I have like twinges of ideas of things that could work, um, but uh, you know, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. When we get back, we'll have... Well, so if you had to describe... And, I, you know, I mean, I don't really like being put in a box either. But, like, if you had to describe the style that your pastries are, like, how would you explain them? Very American style. You know, very American style. Um, It's uh, a... I mean, while we do laminated things, we um, definitely do like more quick bread style things mm-hmm. and, you know, scones and biscuity things and cornbread and, you know, um, so we're bundt cakes. And so we're definitely more American I've style. I've been loving the, the savory pastries lately, though. Yeah. The pistolet I had about a month ago. I think that's one of our strongest things is that we have a really strong savory pastry mm-hmm. line. Um, and we, we always do. We're trying to revamp that all the time. And, and that's just out. been in the last several years for me that I've really developed. Because you had some savory hand pies, mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, so I think that's one of the things that's one of our strongest points is, is having such a strong savory line. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all sweet. So you can always come in and find something. Yeah. And, of course, we are working on more gluten-free and more vegan options. Right. We to just have variety is it. the spice mm-hmm. of life. Absolutely. Oh, perfect. Norman. Hello, ladies. How are we doing today? Great. Thanks for calling us, Norman. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, I was curious if anybody else out there besides myself has noticed the quality of the, the seafood in New Orleans area really drops just dramatically. I mean, I know the, skip, the, the water's being dumped in Lake Pontchartrain, and the oysters are affected directly. But I find that crabs and shrimp, even catfish from minute golf, the quality has dropped off. Is there anybody feeling towards that? You know, that I'm going to let Shia 
you know, at least give her take because she does work with some seafood in her bakery. Um, because right. I had a I had a crawfish one recently, but is mm-hmm. that like seasonal free? Are you doing like you only work with the seafood seasonally? Um, we we do. I mean, crawfish we can get frozen tails all year round, right? Right. We, we obviously use Louisiana seafood, of course, <laughs> but that's that'll stay pretty consistent because they freeze it when it's when it's right. Mm-hmm. And I think. You know, Norman, to, to answer your question, I one of the things that probably concerns me the greatest is um, where the water is right now and how much rain we've been getting. Um, you know, I had some oysters recently at, um, at Superior Seafood, and I, I mean, I know we're getting to that point in the summertime. I mean, I'm a right. I'm an oyster eater any month of the year. Okay, I, I mean, right. I, I don't discriminate. Um, but I will. But I will tell you that I have definitely noticed um, with oysters that like I f- feel like we should have squeaked out a little, like a month more before they started to get milky. Um, and right. not as as flavorful. How have you felt about it? Where have you been going? Drago's and they, they're 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 way smaller than up than normal. The um, at least as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. I just I just this thing is affected. You know, ladies, after uh, the BP spill, mm-hmm. I didn't. When it happened, I didn't. At first, I was just mad at the devil because they promised us that this couldn't happen, and then they then it did happen. Right. But the thing, the thing about it is that it, it's it's an effect. It's affected our our seafood product for for way longer than I ever dreamed. I mean, not may not be affecting it as much now, but it's still it's still out there. So oh, it definitely we, we, is. God, God give us a gift, and we've got to take care of it. We'll make sure that uh. They're going to do about the spillway, but I'm just I'm ready for them to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, obviously we can't control Mother Nature, but I definitely think that there are some things that um, we can be doing um, to take better care of right. our, of the seafood that we are, you know, fishing for. Um, and... I think that we're probably going to start to see more conversations, especially um, that as such an oyster-centric town. Oh, Norman, we're getting ready to go to break. You can either hang on if you want, and we'll chat when you get back. Okay, um, okay just, st- just stick with us, okay, and we'll chat with you. It'll be a few minutes. Is that all right, Norman? Problem. Okay, thank you, sir. We're back on 105.3 FM HD2. You're listening to The Food Show with Allie Lofton, the oyster lady, and Shia Conrad from Bywater Bakery. But, Norman, are you still with us? Yes. I want to know, what's the story on sesame on, on uh, French bread? People love it down here, but you just don't find it on a regular basis. I know. Oh. Actually, that's something that uh, I'd love to talk about. We just started making French bread. And, you know, there are not that many bakeries left that are making Mm-mm. French bread. It's it's um, a really dying art. And it was one of the things that we I realized we weren't doing well. And, you know, it's so important to me that we keep a lot of the old traditions alive. And so we set out to making French bread, making a very good French bread. And I'll tell you, that took 
that took months to perfect. It took like really, yeah, between me and my team with a lot of great bakers, it took us months to get it right. Okay, so it's not the easiest thing to make, believe it or not. You know, there's a lot of old style, like old world breads out there, and you know, uh, that kind of bread is, you know, you see that a lot more places. Um, you know, or baguettes, you'll see mm-hmm. baguettes a lot more places, but an actual like. French bread that's soft in the middle with the crunchy outside, right. and you know, um, it took us a good long while. Norman, to get where that are you perfect. getting yours? Where, where, what are you liking? Oh, well, no particular doing My wife is the one that does the shopping. Mm-hmm. I was uh, when I was in my twenties. I get get on a motorcycle, get my wife or my fiance back then, and uh, go out to the lakefront, get get some wolf French bread with some uh, butter yeah. and, a, and a bottle of wine. That's like, perfect. Then, Sorry about that, but I was young back then. I didn't <laughs> hurt the body. But that's what that, that brings back my first bed memories. I mean, that is the best of the best as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's wonderful. Ladies, thank you very much. I appreciate talking thank to you. Thank you, Norman. Thanks for great calling. Have a great afternoon. Okay, so I didn't understand that this process was so involved. Yeah, so it's not um, a three-day process like, like, the, like bagels the bagels are. are, a lot of like old old world breads, right? Right. Um, but we still have to make a starter, um, so we make that in advance, and um, it is it's it's tricky. And then training new people on it, like it's it's one of the hardest things that we mm-hmm. actually do to get a good co- quality, consistent product every okay. single day. Okay. Um, and we're there, I didn't so that's you great. Were, I didn't realize you were doing that. Yeah, yeah. We started that maybe, well, we started the process of trying to figure out how to do it right probably six or seven months ago. Okay. Um, and we're there now. We're really proud of what we've got out there. Okay, um, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, but we had to do a lot of research, and um, we got there. But I can see, you know, it's... It, there's a lot of bakeries who aren't even trying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and I feel like it's a skill that's dying with the older generation of baker, bakers, and I, that just breaks my heart. Okay, well that that brings me to um, my next question that had popped at the top of my head, which is I hadn't really gotten an opportunity to ask you yet because I mean you have been here since the '90s, mm-hmm. right? So what have you noticed? Um, evolution-wise in in the bakery scene, um, food-wise in the restaurant scene that um, that has changed? Well, I feel like we have, we're a lot less um, New Orleans-centric food, and that's the case whether you're going into the bakeries or you're going out to the restaurants. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more fusion, um, which is great. Yes. It's a wonderful thing. It's just definitely a change. And right. What's important to me is that we don't lose what is our identity in mm-hmm. that process mm-hmm. right? i don't want to i don't want to lose the fact that you know you can go into a bakery and get a loaf of french bread like actual french bread not right a baguette um you know i want that to still be there mm-hmm. um you know so you know we try and keep that kind of thing alive. yeah um what where are you getting your other inspiration so i mean are you eating your own food all the time or are there other places you're eating and you like well, we try and get out to eat, but, you know. <laughs> it's hard. We, it's hard. You eat a lot of your own food because yep. we are Well, uh, you're tasting, te- taste testing a lot yep. as well. And um, like I said earlier, probably in the first six months of the year during, during season, 
I if I had 10 days off, that was a lot. Right. right. I mean, we just are there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that gets it gets hard to get out. And right. You know, that's why having a break is so important, because you have to get that perspective. Right. You know, you can't stay forward moving if you're just regurgitating your own yep. ideas. You know, you yep. have to get some some outside perspective. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when my husband and I try to make time um, to get out Sometimes I feel like what we're also doing is trying to figure out how to improve our own stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you know, um, what, is, what is the saying? Um, copycat isn't the right word. But um, when you're trying to replicate somebody else, that's the best form of flattery. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I feel like when we go out to eat, what we're also trying to do is bring ideas home mm-hmm. with us you know so that we can tinker or try to replicate or or do something different than we had you know somewhere else so are are you trying to do that with some of the time that you do have when you eat out I think I have um and especially working for for Whole Foods and then for Rouse's I mean you would do that all the time for everything mm-hmm. right and now I'm trying to get a little bit away from that, and I'm trying to remember to just enjoy a meal, mm-hmm. you know, okay. um, rather than always analyzing every meal and how I could take some of it and, and, and incorporate that. I think that's got to be a true chef's mind. Or I, I would, I'm not <laughs> at that level, but I think I that that's some great advice. to remember to like, it, not turn that into another work moment mm-hmm. and to enjoy the food. Right. You know, um, which I do better at sometimes than others. Okay. So are you your own worst critic? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Okay. So when you're going through a sort of review or analysis of, of what you're making and what you're doing or what you're trying, like, what's the sort of first line of critique that you give yourself um well i mean i guess it depends on what the what the item is right okay so it's really just how it it hit, hits me right up front mm-hmm. you know is it um is it something oh. that i'd be proud of okay steven i was waiting Hello. for you I, I was like i know he better call in yeah how are you <laughs> Oh, I'm good. A um, couple questions about French bread and Italian bread. How are you getting moisture into your oven with French bread? I'm told that's essential it is with essential. French bread to get moisture. Yeah, and we don't have a steam-injected oven, so that is one of the challenges that we had to try and work through. Okay. Um, so we do put a pan of water at the bottom of the oven, and then we... Very, take a wet wet rag, not a rag, but like a wet towel, mm-hmm. and very gently brush the top before we put it in the oven so that we can get that crunchy outside. Um, brush the top of the bread? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so because that, the, that moisture is incredibly essential, and we don't have the oven equipped to do it. Some ovens are, but we don't have Stephen, one. Stephen, what about you? Are you trying to make this bread yourself? Do you, are you, oh, do you try no. to make bread? No. no. Okay. No, but how about Italian bread? It, it's hard to find, and coming from the East Coast originally, it uh, I missed my Italian bread. Yeah, well, um, and Italian bread is what I grew up on, too, coming from the East Coast. But um, 
we are starting with French bread. <laughs> and once, you know, once we've mastered the French bread, we can start working on some other things. But I definitely want to have an Italian bread by the time we get to um, to St. Joseph's Day. So, Do you think that yeah, this I mean- is something like we're going to be able to get from you? Like, are we going to be able to buy these breads from you? Oh, yeah. That's definitely, like, one of the items that we want to we want to develop. Maybe really you'll good. get your Italian bread there eventually, Stephen. Yeah, maybe. He's over, you're in the Marini, right? About, yeah, she's only about 18, 20 blocks from me. Oh, so okay. it would be easy. Well, then you got to go. You know you know a place you got to stop. Yeah, I'll probably be there within the week. Awesome. Before she goes on vacation. Bagel Wednesday, Stephen. Okay, I don't eat bagels. What? I don't like bagels. No. Do you like Bialy? Are you? Yeah, I just. We I have Bialy's. We are probably the okay. only place around that you have Bialy's. We have Bialy's. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, meet me there on a Bagel Wednesday one morning, Stephen. Okay. okay. All right. You'll have something else, okay. and I'll eat all the bagels. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks, Stephen. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So, well, my question leading um, into the self-critique is actually, oh, okay, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about that. 260-6368. Go back. Okay. I want, you, I want to answer this. I want to talk about this. We're back. Y'all, we have 20 minutes. Where has the time gone? You know I don't want to leave you yet. You're listening to The Food Show. You know that by now. I'm Allie Lofton, the oyster lady, and I'm here with Shia Conrad from Bywater Bakery. We've we've been having a great conversation um, about all things food, bakery, travel, um, inspiration. But um, on break, I had started a conversation with her about um, something that had, had tickled my interest over the weekend. I came across an article um, in New Orleans Magazine, and and one of the things that I was sharing with her is to feel like I am bringing you all quality information um, about food and dining and experiences because we take food so personally here um, is that I'm a, a vast reader and a vast consumer of knowledge about what other people are, are writing as well. And um, in the article, he made the statement that there was that he had come to a consensus with another chef that there was no real quote unquote food critic in New Orleans. And so then I I paused to think, okay, so I'm a I'm a big nerd and I'm a big reader, so I'm just going to make sure that I understand the difference here terminology-wise between a critic and a critique, which is there's a difference. Uh, a, a critic or criticism is is negative feedback, is negative response to something. But a critique is a detailed analysis or account of a particular issue. And I think that we've got, and Chaya agreed with me on this, I think we've got, especially in the days of the internet, you know, I'm almost kind of bogged down by it sometimes. There is a lot of criticism just I I had a bad experience here, or I had bad food here, but 
not a lot of detail. It's just like this blanket, negative, you know, arbitrary statements about someone's experience when really what I think we need more of is critique, which is, okay, if you're going to say you had bad food or you're going to have bad experience, I feel like you have to counter or support it with like, comparison and details like you know when you're in elementary school this is what I started to think about I was like literally thinking about this on an elementary level is they teach you the skills of like and dislikes of compare and contrast in order to help you think more deeply and comprehend better about a particular topic so I feel like if if you're gonna be a food critic maybe you need to be a food critiquer. I don't know. Maybe critic just sounded like a better word when they started coming up with that job role. But I feel like you have to give some sort of count, like counter explanation as to, okay, if you had a bad meal here or a bad sauce or a bad entree, like counter it with what would have made it better. Because what is the point of critiques or criticism but for someone to decide whether or not they're going to take it and implement it? So, like, how have you experienced that, and what's your sort of take on the criticism versus critiques? Well, so it's it's an interesting thing, especially opening um, up a bakery or some kind of restaurant in the digital age, right? There is no shortage of feedback. You are constantly getting feedback, whether it's Google reviews or it's Yelp or whatever. It's right. The, you're... Everyone thinks they're a critic. Yes. You know, um, and it's, I, I drive my husband crazy because I read every single one of them. Uh-huh, right. I, I check Should them every few days. Up. Right. <laughs> um, and not because I take everything to heart. Right. Um, but it does give you. we need to wear our, our heart on our sleeve. But it does give you good feedback. You mm-hmm. know, um, I'll see something come in and I'll see something about bad service. And it's when somebody's specific worked and I'll know that I've had other issues and I need to address it. Right. For whatever reason, people don't come directly to you anymore. Uh-huh. They hide behind the, the, the their, screen. They do. Yep. Um, it's unfortunate because I'd, it's, yeah. it would be so much better and easier to have those conversations face-to-face. Right, and, and be able to chance. address it expeditiously, yeah, like right and then and there. And give a chance to fix it and all of that, right? right? That would be so much better, but it's not how it's done anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have to be – in order to make sure that you are staying at the quality that you want to be at, mm-hmm. you have to constantly have feedback because, right. you know, you get something – I tell my staff this all the time. When you're in the same building every day, you get store blindness, you stop seeing the dust, you know. Yep. You start when you do the same thing every single day. Yes. You start to cut some corners that you don't even realize you're cutting. Yes. Right. So in order to keep that same well, high level. Well, our brains are hardwired to create cuts. Exactly. Shorts in order to be able to do more and process more. Right. Exactly. So it is an important tool because it's the only way you get feedback as mm-hmm. a business owner nowadays. Right. Um, so, you know, that's real. I actually miss, there are times I really miss having a boss because you would, I would get that feedback, mm-hmm. you know, this is something you can improve on. This is something, you know, you're doing great at this. I miss sometimes, ha- you know, the, right. the customers are our boss, ultimately. Yes. They're going to tell me one way or another whether they don't come in mm-hmm. or, you know, they flock for bagel days, whether we're doing it right or if we need to improve. Yes. Right. But 
that that is um, you know theoretical in a sense because it takes a while and you kind of kind of put the pieces together. It's right. not a direct feedback. So it's, you know in that sense, the reviews are important. You can't take everything to heart. Right, they are important right. because it's the only feedback you get. Well, so I was reading um, the the expose that was written um, with T life after Ella. And one of the things she says in there is, you're only as good as your last meal. Mm-hmm. And that's actually kind of devastating for me. <laughs> and and I'll share a personal experience with it as it relates to my business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then if you have some sort of similar experience that makes sense, then you can share that. But the reason why I think that that kind of sucks is because, okay, so we hand make our shells. Mm-hmm. They're hand molded. Um, now we set out to make sure that they have certain points of functionality that real shells that are naturally forming organisms can't have because that would make them perfect and things that form that way naturally aren't. So we make them with a flat bottom. We make sure that they sit upright as a result of that. We make sure that they have good depth and width so that if you get a big fat mama oyster, you know, um, in the middle of season, right, in December and January, like you're going to have enough room for that and topping. Um, But for anybody that works with clay or knows anything about clay, it gets pretty wet. Mm -hmm. So until you spend some time working with it and drying it out, it won't hold its shape until it dries up and the moisture leaves it. So every once in a while, because we are not perfect human beings, there might be something with, you know, a shell with maybe not one of those functionality points met. Now, for us, you get 12 shells in a bag. Okay, so there's 12 pieces there. Sure, an opportunity, maybe one might have a functionality point amiss. Now, if I get a customer that emails me and says, hey, I got one that's kind of wobbly, whatever. Sure, no problem. I'm going to send one in the mail to you. Right. Because they take it up with me personally. I'm going to handle it. But then so we also have, along with ourselves, each person makes an individual design that's unique to them, right? Mm-hmm. It's their style because how people work with clay differently and because they're hand molded, they're not gonna be identical styles. But I had one guy call me up one time, he emailed me, and he sent me a picture of a particular shape that he liked mm-hmm. that was mixed with other shapes because we all have individual designs and there's about five of us doing this, mm-hmm. okay? He took a picture of the shape of the shell that he liked and said, could he please buy another sack of all that shape? Uh Uh-huh. And I had to take a moment and I'm like, well, first of all, I got to figure out whose shape that is because I don't look at everybody's shape. I'm looking for functionality, you Mm -hmm. know, points, right? Now, this is the first time I'd ever gotten a request like this. I've gotten some other weird stuff, but one that was like, here is the picture of the shell I like, you know. All others are just fine, but I happen to like this particular one. Could I please get this next set that I purchase to be all, all these. this, all these? Sh- I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm thinking to myself, all the other shells work fine. <laughs> I don't understand. Um but you know what, y'all? I did it. I did it. I went and found them. 
I d- and I mean, we make thousands of these, mm-hmm. thousands of these. So I went and found the bin of the guy who makes that shell shape, and I dug them all out, you know, because they're all mixed together. Because aren't all oysters, don't they all look different? Right. Do you get the craziness of this? Right. But I just fed into the crazy, y'all. I well, did it. that's what we do. You know? That's what we do. Right. So it's not like he was giving me criticism, but it was one of those things where I have the opportunity to take it or leave it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I wrote back. I will be happy to go look through the bin for this particular shape. Um, so, uh, you know, has there been a moment where you have read some of this feedback or or some of these critiques or criticism and just been like all right well i mean there's often there's a backstory right and but you can't get all defensive and be like yeah but mm-hmm. but you right. know um so we were having some refrigeration issues and you know on bagels one of the most important part of bagels is that you keep them cold through the whole process oh right so they okay. they have to stay cold the whole time mm-hmm. uh, and we were having some issues and uh the, and the it got too warm uh, the bagels got too warm and they overproofed and they were terrible mm-hmm. right so of course you know that's when you get the well these are these are terrible bagels mm-hmm. well <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but yeah they're not it was just this week yeah but uh-huh. you know that's not yeah. how that works you can't right. <laughs> you can't say that right but you know you get you get wacky requests too. You're doing specialty cakes. We're gonna get we get all kinds of pe- things people mm-hmm. want. And as a business owner, your job is to accommodate them. That's right. what you do. Yes. You know, especially if you're working in something creative. Right. You know, people want what they want, and you do everything you can to, to give it to I them. I f- I feel like, and again, I mean, this wasn't some like crazy review I got or anything like that. It was just it was a simple email request. But I do wonder with the with the digital age and that, and this is the conversation that my husband and I have: the instantaneousness of I have a thought or a feeling about an experience, whether it's with food or something else. And now I have the channel in which to communicate it mm-hmm. like that. I, I wish there were still some delay, <laughs> you know, some like downtime that used to exist before the instantaneousness that the screen allows us, the mobility allows us to communicate well, yeah, I agree with that, but also having that immediate feedback keeps you sharp. Yes. You know, it keeps you striving for excellence. Right. It keeps you sharp. It keeps you from from really sliding into that thing that our brains do, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, right, so, the store brain or whatever yeah, you said. store blindness. Store blindness, yeah. Yeah, it just, so I, it is the world we live in now, mm-hmm. so I'm looking to embrace it. Right. <laughs> Right. And I think it's easier done with some things mm-hmm. than others, you know. And, man, if if I would have – if I could look back on myself 10 years ago and, and go to myself 10 years ago and be like, hey, self, don't take things so personally. That would be the advice that I would take from 
mm -hmm. my 30-something self now and send back in time in the time car and tell my early 20-something self, like, don't take things so seriously, mm -hmm. so personally, right? Mm -hmm. Back to our conversation at, at the beginning of the show. Um, because I think that in that lag time that used to exist, maybe there were some time, you know, let me just think about how I feel about this particular critique or criticism that I'm going to pass along. And also, the one-on-one -on -one interaction that you're going to have with someone expressing, a, you know, a disagreement or, or um, a dislike for something is going to be way, absolutely, way more neutral. And when there was uh, more of a lag time, it gave people an opportunity to let their emotions die down right? so that they can speak, you know, from it with a more intellectual point of view, right? right? And not right. such an emotional point of view. Now everything has a lot of emotion in it. Yes. And you have to try and, as you know, you have to be the one to try and pull the emotion out right. to get to the kernel of what it actually was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and I feel like who people are and what they write um, is different than I mean, this is just natural conversation than what you would say in person. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And the other thing that, that got me, you know, starting this conversation um, is that, you know, I feel like I would be, we would be better informed. And what I want to bring to the audience when I go out and eat places is who did it well. Mm-hmm. And why they did it well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went to Biowater Bakery and had a great dessert. Okay, well, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know, well, I went to Biowater Bakery and I had their version of the Chantilly cake meets coconut, mm -hmm. which is like, co I love anything coconut. And now, because they're so great, I finally got up the nerve to ask her if she would make me a chocolate coconut version. And you know what she said? Sure. Of course. I feel like that, it, telling a positive experience, which is why I guess, you know, I, I kind of like shy away from doing any, any negative reviews. Because me telling the listeners something positive about an experience is going to tell them, why, like why to go somewhere versus why not, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I would rather give maybe a constructive criticism, like if that's what I'm going to do. But I would rather give the listeners all of the positive things that I experienced so they know to go and ask and seek out those things. And I, and I read so many bad reviews on on restaurants that I've had great experiences with. And listen, y'all, I'm a nobody, okay? Like, n n nobody's seeing me walk into a restaurant and been like, that's Allie Lofton, the oyster lady. Like, I have to, like, do my whole life spiel, and, they'll, and then finally they come to the conclusion, like, oh, you're the oyster lady. So I don't feel like I get any special treatment, but I go and read reviews before mm -hmm. I go eat at places, right? Because that's the beauty of reviews these days. But then I think, like, well, I've been there before, and 
I'm a nobody, so nobody's giving me a best man. Like sometimes places just have off days. That's real. You know? I mean, you know, and maybe we're that human. person Humans who wrote the, days. the critique or the criticism or whatever was having an off day. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. or, so, or the restaurant. I mean, you yeah. Know. Everyone's human, and we all are doing the best that right. we can. Which brought me back to the point of, like, before you're ready to, like, pull the trigger and pull up the review, you know, maybe just, like, take a big deep breath <laughs> and really think about, can I give these people some viable, tangible criticism about said experience because one of the things that we I think we pride ourselves on and and you know this because you're throwing all kinds of events at at the bakery is we food is our experience it is not just what gives us life but it is life here in this city right so I I feel like you know we are reviewing so many aspects of a food and an experience that like give me something tangible I can do something with mm-hmm. you know like if you're going to review you're just like oh the waitress was terrible and you know the food was bad like do you know how many reviews I read that are like just totally arbitrary like that I'm like that doesn't tell me anything you know like tell me something that's specific about the food or the meal that you had so I just I wonder like how much you really have to take to heart when you're inundated. I mean, hundreds, some of these places, thousands of reviews. Well, I mean, I think that you try to decipher, take out the emotion from the person and see if any of it makes sense. You have to check yourself and see, well, did we have a, you know, did we have an off day? Is there something that we needed to correct? And then if the answer is no, you let it go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I right. mean, sometimes you go and look at the other reviews these people wrote, and they're all one-star reviews. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's just who they are. Right. You can't take that to heart. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just a one-star review. Actually, that's really funny that you say that. Okay. Well, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, right, Doug, before we're wrapping up the show? One. All right, y'all. It's been a great show, Shia. Thank you so much, you Bywater so Bakery. Much for me Tell here. us the address: thirty-six twenty-four Dolphin Street. Go there, Bagel Wednesday. You got two Bagel Wednesday. I'm going to be there Wednesday. Meet me there. <laughs> this is Allie Lofton, the Oyster Lady. Thank you all so much. It's been a pleasure. Have a great meal. Good night. Thanks, Doug. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.